Hello and welcome to Game Pass Forever, a standalone segment of the Outside is Overrated podcast. Each month we dive into a new game off the Xbox Game Pass lineup. This segment exists because of the generous support of our backers on Patreon. If you enjoy this content, please visit patreon.com OIO and consider pledging $2 a month to support the show. Outside is Overrated is presented by Premier Health. Check out their website at premierhealthmn.com. That's premierhealthmn.com. I'm your host, Tom Sidlachik, and joining me today are the Hobby Box, Joe Burns. hey And Dr. C, I have no voice, Casey Aline. Hey, what's going on, everybody? For July's Game Pass Forever game, our benevolent overlords on Patreon chose Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge by Tribute Games. This studio is known for, wait for it, Mercenary Kings. Interesting. That was surprising when I saw that. Uh, it, I, I mean, it's... It's a, it's an indie type of game similar to this to in some extents, um, but it's a little surprising. It's 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 it's, a, it's enough of a departure that I I didn't expect that. Yeah, it's certainly not a big license like the TMNT license. True, Burns. Have you ever played Mercenary Kings? I did. It was it was a game that was one of the early ones on PlayStation Plus when they first started doing the free games with that, and so I remember like loading it up and playing it for a little bit because it's like oh, you know like this little eight eight bit esque looking type of thing um but i don't know kind of bounced off of the uh combat it was like a side scrolling shoot 'em up and it was hard it, it was, was really hard it was really hard casey yeah. you remember that game i don't play video games tom <laughs> you know it's funny we uh you and i have not spent a tremendous amount of one-on-one time just like hanging out and like playing video games together but we for some reason we played this game together at my apartment in roseville for some reason you came over as just the two of us and i'm like hey let's play this hardest balls game i bet casey is his twitch reflexes i remember that game now yeah. yes and my prepubescent voice just cracked <laughs> but i totally remember that that was the game where like yes it's like a platformer and there's i, I remember like jumping out of a helicopter and then yeah absolutely absolutely it's now funny I, I, K- no idea it was called mercenary kings but casey, i remember playing that game casey just got so excited he got his first boner everybody <laughs> I played a game! (laughs) Yay! (laughs) Patrick, come grab it. (laughs) Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge is a side-scrolling beat-em-up yanked straight out of the 90s. The core gameplay loop, you select a mission, you thrash the foot, boss fight! Then you level up six, seven, after you beat the game, playable characters. For me, beat-em-ups are the heart and root of video games. It's where I started my personal gaming evolution. From The Simpsons and X-Men arcade cabinets to Spider-Man and Venom's separation anxiety, this genre has a warm and fuzzy spot in my cold black heart. Casey, you ate fun. What's your experience with this genre like? <laughs> I, I agree with you, Tom. I I love this style of game. And it, for some of my earliest and, and fondest video game memories were beat-em-up games. Um, the first arcade game I ever beat was Double Dragon. And I have no idea how many quarters I pumped into that thing, but it was at one of my dad's softball tournaments, and it was just like, instead of watching softball, all I did was play Double Dragon and ended up beating it. And But that's one of the earliest memories that I have with this style of game, and I think I've just kind of loved it ever since. I remember the bowling alley in Mora had the Simpsons cabinet, and I remember I felt like a big shot one time because I got a roll of quarters. I'm like, I'm going to beat this game. I am going to be. I didn't, but I made a real strong run at it. Arcade games were rubbish. Burnsy, what's your familiarity and nostalgia for the beat-em-up genre? Yeah, I mean, the original TMNT arcade game hit at, like, the exact right time to be a huge game for people of our age. 
And so I don't remember where. I know I played the arcade game quite a few times, but I can't place exactly where it was that we did. Was it the Quaffery and Mora? No, it was not. The, the it, it sounds like you made that up. The Quaffery? <laughs> Casey, back me up. Oh, here. That's, that's a real place. At least it was until the owner decided to put video cameras in the bathrooms and uh, yeah. got yeah, we, in big trouble. And then no more Quaffery after that. Yeah, we, uh, <laughs> we made the news in the Twin Cities. We had news vans in Mora. Our hometown's about an hour north of the Twin Cities, yeah. Yeah, see, we when on our rabbit ears at home, we got in the lacrosse stations, so we didn't really get t- Twin Cities news. We weren't uh, lucky enough to be able to get that back down in Lewiston, uh, or L-Town as we refer to it, but uh, uh, there was somewhere, it might have been like Chuck E. Cheese where I first played it um, in lacrosse, uh, or it was, it was somewhere, and I remember playing it, it was a lot of fun, but I remember playing it quite a bit more. When one of my friends got, I think it was on the Super Nintendo, was when they re-released the arcade games on there. It was either the Nintendo or the Super Nintendo. I can't quite Might remember. Might have been the NES. Yeah. And so I remember playing that a ton, um, you know, as, as with groups of friends at times, uh, which was a lot of fun. This is a random anecdote, but I remember uh, renting the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles NES game, thinking that I was getting the arcade game. Oh, man. Boy, were you disappointed. Yeah. Exceptionally. (laughs) Like, I was just a dumb kid, like, not the refined power gamer that I am now, and I do my power gamer dance in my chair. See, I owned that version, the, like, the original NES Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game. It, that was a terrible game, and you show me one image of, like, the water levels with, like, the electric kelp or whatever the heck it is. And like I'm, that's like PTSD. I hear like yeah. the like noise, and it's just I'm instantly back there, and probably falling into the fetal position shortly after that. Well, let me put you on the spot here, then, Burns. You have to play one of these games to completion, or the Earth will cease to exist. Are you playing TMNT, the NES game, or are you playing Sunset Overdrive? <laughs> so that's tricky because. Um, I feel like I would be able to stick through and finish Sunset Overdrive. I don't know if I would ever be able to actually finish that freaking Ninja Turtles game on the NES. And so I'd probably have to go with Sunset Overdrive because I, I pr- I'm pretty sure I could finish it. I, I probably would not like the experience. But I, I feel like, because I pumped enough time back in the day into that Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles NES game. As much as it sucked, because it's like, I own this crap. I'm going to try to beat this crap. I love it. I love the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles as I'm screaming at my television screen. (laughs) Sounds like you love them. (laughs) (laughs) That was the worst. I would have used the medium as the uh, point of reference, but you ranked the medium above Sunset Overdrive. Right. It's still just mind-boggling to me. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's mind-bottling. Yeah, that's a movie reference you did yeah. not get. This yeah, time. that's a that's a humdinger right there. <laughs> uh, if you if you got that movie reference, tweet at Tom Sedlachik OIO on Twitter or send him a picture on Instagram of a still of that movie. <laughs> not a wiener. <laughs> or it's not the t- wiener movie, is it? No, it's not the wiener movie. <laughs> Thank goodness. Coming back to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge, this game is great, a flawless classic for the ages. I don't think any of us have any negatives to discuss. Um, so where did this experience stand out? Burns. <laughs> I mean, if you're looking for more of what existed in those Turtles arcade classics, this game like deals that out to you in spades. The combat feels nice and fluid, and the move sets are uniform between the characters, but because each of the characters have different attributes, 
like they look different and they 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 actually like react differently enough on the screen that each character has its own feel to it um or at least especially when you're looking at um the turtles and then the non-turtles characters uh, for me, the game really shined in, in co-op mode. Uh, the great thing with this game is you can either play couch co-op or team up online with your friends or even even strangers. Okay, there's no joy in teaming up <laughs> with strangers on the internet to play TMNT Shredder's Revenge. I would agree. I did not do that. So <laughs> maybe that's why I found joy with the co-op is because I was playing mostly with my boys. I, I never got to join with you guys. So every time I played, it was couch co-op, and, and I had a, a blast with it, I think. Like, couch co-op is something that not enough games do, unfortunately, and it's really, really, really fun when you get to do that. Um, well, it's a nice thing about the limited scope with TMNT Shredder's Revenge. Like, you can't do local co-op with The Witcher 3 because it would break everything. It would break the universe, basically. Nice with a smaller scope game. The fun factor for Shredder's Revenge is just off the charts. Like, you can jump in, pick it up. Anyone, anyone that has any, like, fun bone in their body can... Have a good time with Shredder's Revenge. Anyone can just jump in, smash some foot, and go nuts. I thought the soundtrack was really incredible. I'm not usually a guy who gets into video game music and video game soundtracks. Burns, I know you feel much more passionately about them than I do, but this is something I could actually see myself listening to independently of a game. So it's funny that you say that because, and, and maybe it was just because of, like, when I, I mean, I first played on my own, like, the first, like, two or three levels, and then we played co-op a lot. And I think the music was there and I, I enjoyed it, but I couldn't necessarily call any of it to mind, so to speak. Um, right now in my head, I just hear random 16-bit chimes. I mean, that could be. I mean, that it, it could be that. It could be something different. Who knows? There uh, were words, for sure. Because I remember, like, when you get to the Technodrome, um, <laughs> I don't remember the exact words, but I was like, are they sick? Because, like, I think it, it actually, like, says, like, technodrome or something in the in the in the music and i was like well, what the heck did they like that that's really funny but i i can't recall it exactly but i do remember it standing out and and really thought it was a a fun quirk when i when i got to that point so did your voice squeak like this when you first started <clears throat> talking to your wife way back in the day i don't think so i think i went just straight to sweet deep jams sweet deep jams you were tenor dude my my voice like speaking voice is, is deep but you know i can yeah i can i can rock the high notes yeah i remember when you tried out for american idol and you chronicled it on myspace yeah <laughs> and then i never watched the show ever again because i realized what a complete fraud that show actually is a fraud? like how, how is it a fraud uh because every like every person who i was with could sing in some way shape mm -hmm. or form everybody i tried out with anybody that they actually let through from that trial was not anybody that could actually sing. They were just looking for like the characters, the characters exactly. And every single person that was actually like on that made it is somebody who was already part of a band, was already like had a producer, already had. So like they try to make it seem like mm -hmm. anybody can make it through, and that's not the case at all. Like, and they gotta have that maybe, big shot of like everyone waiting in line. Like that was a yeah. big thing. And like maybe there's one in ten thousand that like. They're like, holy crap, yeah, this person like is just blowing our minds, but that's just that's not not the case for ninety nine point nine percent of the people who are there. The the reason they have those tryouts is to find the to just wackadoodles more than anything. Yeah. It's, it's not to find the people who can actually 
actually sing and perform. They yeah. already they already have all that lined up for the show ahead of time. But I mean, maybe your voice just wasn't for him, dog. You know? No, I mean, no, no, Randy, no, you're, you're correct. <laughs> so that was that was at some point between 2004 and 2006 because I remember reading it when I was in Massachusetts. Now it is 2022, a solid 16 plus years later, and you're on the Outside Is Overrated podcast <laughs> breaking down uh, Xbox Game Pass games. I would say your life took a pretty like rocket ship trajectory <laughs> i'm happy with where i'm at yes I, I don't know i mean maybe it would have been different if i'd have made it to hollywood and uh, actually done something but no it's yeah yes, i've been to your I'm, house you're doing all right I'm doing, I, you're I'm not doing starving okay. yeah dog so the, 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 the year <laughs> the year that you tried out who ended up winning it that year oh that's a good question i never watched it so i don't even know um, I can name one American Idol winner. That been like Ruben Stuttered? No, it was after Ruben for sure. Okay, was Carrie Underwood an idol? <clears throat> yeah, but yeah. Okay, I can name two. Or was Ruben Stuttered like the second one, and then no, I think was it Clay Aiken. I think was the second one, wasn't he? Could have been because Kelly Clarkson was the first. Kelly one. was the yeah. first. I think Clay Aiken was second. Yeah, and then Ruben and then Fantasia was in there, and then like. Uh, I don't know who Daughtry. It was the year after Daughtry. Didn't uh, Daughtry didn't win though? He got like third. Yeah. Because like they made a specific point when they were talking to everybody that they were not looking for bald rockers. Is hmm. what they said. So. Um, I'm right, glad you didn't that's, shave that's, your yes, head. So right? I didn't shave my head and <laughs> sing a rock song. <laughs> that's uh that's enough American Idol talk for now. I've got another sick. Uh, <laughs> I've got another sick jab for Casey just a little <clears> bit later. <throat> Talking about the fun factor in TMNT Shredder's Revenge, there's maybe not a ton of replayability to this game, but one thing they do is each board has three different challenges, and that at least gives you some reason to go back to the boards again and to like try to tackle them. Burns, you're a big completionist. Those challenges do much for you? They're, they're enough to make you go back to, to the maps to try to finish them off, except for like the couple of them where one of the challenges is to finish the level without getting damaged. And it's just like, okay, I don't hate myself that much enough to, 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 to try to get that thing. And I'm not saying it's impossible, because I know that people have done it. Yeah. But it is impossible for me. Yeah. There is no way that I'm going to beat one of those levels without getting scathed in some way. Like, with Ratchet and Clank, I bashed my head against some of those arena missions until I beat them. Like, to the point where I was so frustrated and just angry. But I knew that this would be like the next level of that. So I just was like, yeah, that's just not going to happen. Moving on. Yeah. <laughs> Life goes on. Yes, it does. I kind of wonder if you could do it if you had like a party of four. No, because and, then and, you have four people that can screw it up. Well, but what if you just like one person meditates to the point. So like you get your attack bar, you know, your specials up and you could go back when you're level 10. So you could fill up your, your meters. I'm just like spitballing here. So you just take turns. So everybody, and it's just like a constant cycle of specials through the entire board. So like you just don't have to get hit in the beginning. Three guys meditate. One guy fires off, you know, doesn't get hit. And then you just rotate through your specials the entire board. You do know that video games are supposed to be fun, right? That sounds a lot like work. I think it would work, though. <laughs> See, in case he's just <laughs> mentally turning pages in the binder looking for other strategies here. <laughs> See, that's me just breaking shit again. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> also, don't swear on this show. <laughs> I, sorry. Sorry, kids. 
Yeah, sorry, everyone. <laughs> One other thing that I wanted to know just on the gameplay, it's, it'll be a little bit of a grind to go back and level up all seven of the characters, but it's something that I'm looking forward to doing because I enjoy the gameplay so much. <clears throat> it's grindy, but it's not overbearingly. So, like, this is not Destiny 2 grinding to get the ultimate weapons. Like, you'll have to play. I feel like I'll have to play a fair amount, but Phoenix and I really, really enjoy this game. So it's like, we'll pop in over time, and I do see myself leveling up all those characters well, at some it, point. And I think it's the type of game that it's pretty easy to drop in and drop out of it so you could jump in for a couple levels and then go back out um so over time yeah it would probably be easy to do that um and especially from like a couch co-op perspective or just a co-op perspective like it it, it could be fun to just jump back into every now and again and be like yeah let's play a little bit of that and then all right you know 30 minutes was enough now moving on to you know love making or whatever you might do yeah yeah you are familiar with our <laughs> routine my friend <laughs> took me like two and a half hours to play through from level one all the way to the very very end and by that end i had a level 10 character pretty much every time so that's really not that long in the grand scheme of things when you think about it for every every single character you know who i can't uh, get out of my head as you speak this show casey it's uh phoebe from friends there's an episode (laughs) there's an episode where she's performing at the coffee house and uh she gets sick and like people just love her voice when it's hoarse and so she's desperately trying to remain sick she starts to get better and like she starts like licking people's plates and like discarded dishes to keep the gravelly voice that's what you remind me of oh you love my voice tom that's oh thank you you're welcome (laughs) (laughs) i wish i would have uh, spent the whole day thinking of off kilter references like this <laughs> uh, he definitely came up with that one at like at noon today yes yeah no, that, that was just before you came up i'm like oh yeah that'll that'll really grind his gears so in teenage mutant ninja turtles shredder's revenge you choose which character you're going to play for each level or levels casey which of the teenage mutant ninja turtles did you fancy playing uh, the first time I played through, I played as Shredder, and then after or Splinter, not Shredder. You <laughs> yeah, can't you play Shredder, kids. Splinter. <laughs> um, and then after I unlocked Casey Jones, I played through again as Casey Jones, and that's when I had uh, like the most fun. I, I really, really enjoyed playing with Casey Jones, and maybe it's just me, but I felt like his special uh, like seemed to last longer. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Um, you I probably as, are. I haven't played as him, so I have no base of reference other than sure. to. I played as him, but I don't remember how long his special was. So. Yeah. Always a good size. Yeah, yeah, yeah. probably. Massive, massive special. Uh, <laughs> I, play, I played also as, as, as Donnie for a little bit, and I played as April for a little bit, but nobody nobody for me was as fun as Casey Jones, and maybe I'm biased because he's my favorite Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle character. Too, so. Is that so, just because you share a name? It's partly, and yeah. he bashes people with hockey sticks, and I really like hockey, so he just kind of drawn you know we're 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 one and the same yeah we're like beating people up with hockey sticks i think it's funny that your favorite characters in teenage mutant ninja turtles shredder's revenge are all the uh, humans and the rat no turtles well i'm not necessarily that splinter was i i chose splinter first only because in the old arcade games you could play as a turtles so i wanted to play as somebody different in the first time so that's why that's why i chose splinter off the bat and he was a lot of fun to play with, but just not as much fun for me as Casey. Sure. Burnsy, you like the Turtles, right? Yeah. I've always been a huge fan of Raphael, so that's who I played as first through Makes the story. Makes sense, because you're the one with attitude on the show. Am, am I? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you have Edge. I have yeah. Edge. <laughs> <laughs> and you like to stab stuff. That is true. Yep. <laughs> who did you stab? 
just roll with it, Tom. Just huh. roll with it. Yeah. Uh, Pat. I stabbed Pat once. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's what you get, Patrick. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can get behind that. Yeah. And then I stabbed <laughs> I stabbed Jake in the neck. That's why he hasn't been back on the show. Oh. It was an accident, but it happened. Is that when he broke his arm, too? And then he called. <laughs> yes. Premier Health. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think uh, neck wounds aren't aren't something that Premier Health can help with. But. Oh, Dr. Camille can fix anything. <laughs> can anything. As long as you don't need the Logan technique, check out PremierHealthMN.com. That's PremierHealthMN.com. If you need the Logan technique, hit up my man, Dr. C, at Dr. Underscore Casey on the Twitter machine. Uh, you dirty brown knuckler. <laughs> uh, one, one negative... Um, that, that I found, at least with playing as Raphael, is that I, I really didn't like his voice that much. To me, it sounded like more like a middle-aged man and not like a teenager with attitude. And so that was one thing that grinded my gears a little bit. Um, otherwise, uh, after playing through the game and getting him to level 10, I then like experimented a little bit and played some as April O'Neil, Splinter, and Casey Jones. Uh, and it was fun because, like I said before, they... They had a, enough of a different feel to it. And you can kind of see that when you're doing the character select. It has, I don't remember what the three different stats are. One's speed. One's range. And one, I think, is damage. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly what it is. And, and each one of them kind of has a, a different rating up to, like, I think it's up to three for each one. And you kind of get a chance to see what the differences are with them. And they do reflect that when you play as them, which is good. It wasn't just a cosmetic type of... Of, of difference with that. And so I think that's one thing that they did do a really good job with and, and adds to the replayability a little bit where if you play through as one of the characters, playing again as another one uh, does feel different enough to make it a fun experience. And I truly enjoy that the movesets are the same. Like it sounds it sounds like something that would bug me on the surface, but being able to just instantly jump <clears> from <throat> Donnie to Michelangelo to whoever, to whoever and knowing like the movesets, like their attributes are different, so it plays a little different, but I know like what attacks I want to use. I know what to use in what situation. So I really enjoy that the movesets carry over from character to character. For me, it was Donatello, now and forever. He'll always be my favorite turtle, and uh, he was a blast to play with in this game. That's Smart good. one. Yeah, and both staffs are cool. <laughs> Thanks, are. Napoleon Dynamite. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> Matt Sisk, if you remember our cabin summer, he uh, he would cut down all the trees in front of the cabin and turn them into both staffs. He, I do remember did he have a lathe, or did he just whittle them down from, like, a, a big log to... I think he whittled them. Yeah, he, uh, he worked with a girl that he liked, so he carved her name into one of the bow staffs and gave it to her. Oh, that's romantic. Yeah. He does have psychic powers, though. That's, <laughs> that's for another day, though. That is for another day and another show where we can bleep out swear words. <laughs> I also enjoyed playing as Michelangelo. I played a little bit as April. Phoenix really liked April. She didn't really grab me. I don't know what it was that just didn't uh, get me going with April, but, like... I don't know. That character did nothing for me. Huh. I, I enjoyed playing as her. Uh, I, I don't know. I, yeah. I thought I thought it was interesting because she's a little bit faster than the other ones, right? If I remember correctly, I think her speed was higher. I thought Michelangelo was the fastest. Could be. I actually never played as Michelangelo. Casey Jones has, I think, three speed as well. Okay. And a hockey stick. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I know that you both hate fun and want to dump all over this precious princess of a game. So let's hear it. Joey. <laughs> Why do you have to throw it to me first? Because I know that you just have no love or joy in your cold black heart. I mean, well, that might be true. Um, you know, this game was fun. Uh, it was fine. No, <laughs> I'm not going to do that. Uh, oh, yeah, it, it's on the same level as Breath of the Wild. All right. No, no. It's, it's one of those things, though, where I, 
Because I have a feeling the game's going to be successful enough that if they make more games in this mold, I kind of would like them like to see them do just something a little bit more with it. Um, and, and I think, you know, we're not necessarily, we don't have to be tethered to like what the arcade games could do anymore. Like this is going to be a console game, you know, unless they have grand designs of trying to bring arcade games back. I, I highly doubt that now post COVID and everything like that. But it's one of those things where I don't know if there could be a little bit more to if it's the progression or, or or having some form of choices as you're leveling or something that makes like the leveling mean a little bit more than just like, oh, I have 10 more HP. Oh, I can I can I can taunt now up to level three and get like a super special like ultimate move. Um, I don't know. It just feels like I really wanted to try to play like uh, what was it? The most recent Streets of Rage game that came out like a year ago. Streets of Rage four, I think it was or something like that. I really wanted to play that, and I had it downloaded on my Xbox, but it's no longer on Game Pass, so I couldn't launch it. But it's like, I just feel like in 2022, or like if they're making a sequel to this, 2024, or whatever it might be, I feel like there's just more that you can do with a beat-em-up game now that could like take it to that next level, and I'd like to see that because that might like actually grab me a little bit more and make me really want to go back through and play through the game. Um, as opposed to here where it's like, I started playing with some of the other characters just to get a feel for them. And then it's like, eh, I mean, I could keep playing this or I could do something different. I think we're going to do something different. Here's a mashup for you. You have to, you have to sacrifice the turtles license because it wouldn't work. But what if they mashed up this beat em up formula with darkest dungeon? So you have permadeath, you have the constant characters rolling into town, you have the various upgrade systems. Like I think I think there'd be something to that formula. So doing some sort of like a roguelite uh beat 'em up game. Because that's a, I mean dun- Darkest Dungeons are roguelite. Um it's a very different gameplay system than like an actual roguelike is. But uh and there is something to that. Um I don't know. I, I'd like to play something like that or try something like that at some point. Um, but anything, I don't know, anything to just sort of spice it up so it's not just like I threw a quarter in this and I'm playing for a little bit and that's that. Like, I think I just, like, don't get me wrong, I enjoyed the game. I thought it was great, but I would like to see something, just something more if they're going to make a sequel. I think, I think it's one of those things where you could carry through with the nostalgia with this game, right? Because everybody's like, oh, it's been so long since I played that old game and this feels just like it, even though I'm sure it plays a lot better than that game did. But it's one of those things where like the next one would have to do something different, do something more, really like amp things up, take things to the next level so that uh, it it just sort of sucks people in a little bit more. Um, One of the other... Let's... uh... One more thing to throw at you, then we'll go to Casey, then we'll come back to your other mm. gripe. But a game that I think that you would be really into just hearing that description is Dragon's Crown. It is a fantasy mm. beat-em-up, and it's got a phenomenal upgrade system. My gripe with Dragon's Crown is that they, uh, like you play through the like core world loop, and then it just resets, and you have to do like more things within those worlds, and then things get ramped up, but you basically keep going through these same set of worlds, and they just keep mixing up the challenge a little bit. But... The upgrade system, phenomenal. I thought your gripe with uh, Dragon's Crown was that the sorceress's chest is bigger than the rest of her body. Yeah, I actually, I played (laughs) with another patron once. It was me, Phoenix, this other patron that I'm not going to name because of what they said. And that patron was just like, oh, look at my boobs. Look at my boobs. Look at my boobs. Look at my boobs. boobs." Because they just like, I don't know, would you say they're like 
watermelons in like a sling. Yeah, no, it's 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 there's lots of people that like did not like that game because of that. And I can definitely see why that would be the case. Um, yeah, they're they're egregiously large and egregiously um, they, they, so they might be watermelon size, but they shake like watermelon jello. Yeah, good point. <laughs> that sounds like a rap lyric, doesn't it? That was pretty good. <laughs> super, uh, super stylized and sexualized character designs in yes. Dragon's Crown. But I do think you dig that game. We had a lot of fun with it. Casey, you did not like the sound design in this game. Yeah, I think... Um, I don't like of... the sound design of your life right now. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, it's... <clears throat> Excuse me. We kind of pointed it out in uh, Slog to Yomi. Uh, yeah, Slog to Yomi, where it's just the same sounds repetitively over and over and over again. And you don't notice it quite as much in this one, I don't think, because it's a shorter playthrough. But the same sound is used every single time you meditate, every single time you taunt, whatever it's called, uh, to get your special up. It's the same voice, same noise, same everything over and over and over again. And it does get very repetitive and kind of annoying after a while. So that was the only thing that I could think of. Like otherwise, I mean, I, I had a lot of fun playing this game, but that's, that's the only little gripe that I could think of. <clears throat> the only thing that I noticed along that line was when I was playing as Splinter, there's an attack where, like, if you're both on one side of an enemy, like, Splinter will yell the same thing over and over and over again. It just drove me crazy. <laughs> like, uh, I, Donatello's meditation or uh, taunt move wasn't overly obnoxious. Michelangelo's was, it's party time, dudes, which I could hear literally every minute for the rest of my life and still have fun. <laughs> <laughs> So wasn't as much of an issue for me. The one gripe that I had was the mechanic for taunting. Taunting is an essential part of gameplay in this because it's how you fill up your special bar quickly. You can either beat up a bunch of dudes and fill up your special bar and do your special attack and then go through that process again. Or you can taunt one time and if you don't get hit while you're taunting, uh, you fill up that special bar. And I mean, the smart thing to do is like you have to taunt just constantly, constantly. And like that is a like immersion breaking thing for me. And I just, I wish that there was a different mechanic or that I wasn't forced to constantly spam that LB bumper LB button constantly to taunt. Yeah. And I think part of it was if maybe they had different animations or, and different like sound effects every time you did that. Yeah. That like might, each turtle had three, like that would have mixed it up tremendously. Right, and that might make that mechanic a little bit more palatable. Right. You know? And so those are some of the types of things that they could do in like a sequel to, to, to add more to it. I mean, they'd probably have more of a budget if this, since this one seems to have been quite successful. I mean, it's really well received on the internet anyway. It's just, it's so funny. Phoenix and I were taking on the final boss and like we go up, we fire up our specials and we both sprint to different corners and like just <laughs> spam the taunt button over and over and over again. And like, I hope that they hit the other character instead of you and then run back, hit your special again. It was just, it was silly. Or you do what we did which is one person hits, the other person taunts, and then you just go back and forth. <laughs> that way you're, like, never getting hit. <laughs> so I think the interesting thing, though, is, like, so I played through the end of the game solo. I, I played the first, I think, three or four maps solo, and then you and me and Munch, Tom, played through the good, like, middle section of the game, like, from... From like level, well, we played the first couple of missions again too because I don't, I can't remember, but we did, and so we played through like, like three to eleven, yeah, and so, and, and I think that that helps a lot with spreading out 
the aggro and things like that, like playing through those last five or six maps uh, solo, you don't have the luxury to be taunting all the time. You have to pick your spots. So I became a lot less reliant on trying to get that, trying, you know, knowing that I could only do that every now and again, uh, you end up having to find like other, other mechanisms or other combos that work that you can, that you can use to kind of get through different aspects of it. One of the, one of the combos that I found, and it's not necessarily a combo because it's not something that's in there, but it's like you do like the rising up attack. And then you can also then do the jump down attack. I ended up doing that through some of like the larger monster closet screens um, just to try to like clear things out. Uh, and because I think that was super effective, especially when you'd have the robots that were like the big bars that moved across the screen and would shoot. Like that was the best way to try to take those down because otherwise trying to like find where they were at on the screen to be able to hit them were, was a little bit difficult with like the like two and a half D sort of slide up the screen to, to, to find where you need to be on the level to hit things. And speaking of difficulties, I think you had difficulty <clears throat> touching the D pad in this game. Yeah. So it's Mr. PlayStation over here. Yeah. It. So with this game, you, it, it's very different things, especially if you're trying to like grab an enemy, it'll do something completely different. If you're holding down on the stick or left on the stick, and with the, with the thumbstick, I found that it was really difficult to have precision to know that I'm because sometimes I would drift down to like diagonal and it would pick one of the two kind of. And so I, I started just using the D-pad. But what I found on the Xbox controller and granted, this is coming from somebody like you said, I played I play primarily things on the PlayStation. Um, if I play switch, I usually play it handheld. So the, the D-pads on the side of the you know, on, on the side of the system, like any sane person would put it. Uh, and with the D-pad being so far inward on the Xbox controller, it got like my thumb definitely got sore trying to reach like that and, and keep it that way for prolonged periods of time. And it's just like, why in God's name would anybody put the D-pad in such a weird spot on a controller? <laughs> It was actually Dr. Camille at Premier Health, and uh, you should go see him. He'll straighten you right on. It's PremierHealthMN.com. That's PremierHealthMN.com. Well, and oddly enough, I've been listening back through some of the older episodes and was listening to um, Dr. Kelsey Camille talking about how to ice things. And so that's that's a regimen that I'm going to start picking up to try to recover a little bit from that because... The Xbox injury? Yeah, exactly. We give such great advice, and while you're icing with dr camille's advice like dr c can give you the logan technique and just get you completely fixed up so so it's just i don't know do you guys have a problem with where the d-pad's at on a xbox controller i play on the elite controller so like if i do anything wrong it just shocks me like it turns me like everything's (laughs) perfectly alignment it's uh you know it's worth every penny that i paid for those things are sweet yeah that's unbelievable i got I didn't use the D-pad at all. I, st- I just used the joystick. I didn't have really as much of an issue. I never tried to grab people unless I had to, which you do have to at one boss. But yeah. other than that, like, <laughs> if it happened, it happened. And I didn't care which way I threw the guys. So it, it, was, I, uh... it was really only just for challenges. Like, you have to do a certain one of the throws in order to get a challenge. Or, wow. like, you have to throw them down a pit. Sure. You know, like, that became difficult. So you had to, like, line it up right and you had to do the right throw. 
and that's when it would become frustrating if it didn't do the right throw when I had it all lined up. Yeah, well, I can't say I've noticed for other games or anything like that, so I don't know. Wasn't an issue for me, but I did have a hoot throwing dudes at the screen. Like I thought that was funny, and I was just doing that endlessly during our play session. Yes, you were. Yeah, yeah, good times. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the D pad, I don't mind. The left bumper can be a little tiresome for my fingers, especially on the Xbox One controller. I notice it less on the Elite, but having just gone through and played Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, lots of blocking and pairing on that left bumper. Okay. Another quick side, and this is this is more of a tangent, so I apologize. No, no, no. Um, why is the default to use the bumpers instead of the triggers for some of these things? Like that's one thing I can't I can't remember what game it was, but there's another game that we were playing recently. Oh, it was it was it was the Turtles game, and uh, like the taunt is on the bumper, and it's like. It's so much easier to pull the triggers. Why aren't you putting something that you're using all the friggin' time? And so I actually like remapped it to be on the the right trigger as opposed to the right bumper because it's just like that's where my fingers naturally are if I'm holding the controller. Like, why would you not put like that command on there? And I've noticed it with a lot of games recently where it's like it'll have you using like the the bumpers or the the ones on your PlayStation controllers more than the triggers and it's just like why the trigger is such a more natural spot for you to be doing these things it triggers are for shooting yeah it's, it's just baffling to me sometimes i don't know or and you it's just the elite controller and then you can program everything to the paddles on the back <laughs> <laughs> yeah you should get that controller <laughs> this is a tight and polished experience but it's also very short do you see yourselves ever going back to shredder's revenge Maybe at some point I'll get the hankering to play it again. It sounds like a no burns. No, I mean, I haven't deleted it off of my Xbox yet, so there's that. But then again, I haven't deleted Trek to Yomi off my Xbox yet. And I don't know that I'm really going to go back to that, but I wouldn't. I think I think one of the things is that, I mean, I played through it solo. I only have one Xbox controller, so it's not like if I have a friend over, I could be like, all right, let's fire this up because, I don't know, I highly doubt I ever buy a second Xbox controller. Uh, if somebody wants to buy me an Elite controller, like, you know, ask Tom for my address and, and he can get that to me or or you can send it to him um, or you can send it to Premier Health and they can get it to me. Like, however you want to get me an Elite controller, you can. Um, but if there were more people in Patreon that had Xboxes, like I would have considered that as a gift. Like, I think it is such a phenomenal thing. Like mm-hmm. if everyone played on Xbox, like I, almost everybody plays on PlayStation or uh, just our Patreon group. If there were more people on Xbox, that would be such a killer giveaway for the party. Yeah. Um, so it, it's just, so that's the tricky part of it is I feel like it would be more fun. It would be something I would pick up more if I would, pl- if I would have an avenue to play co-op a little bit more often with it. But I really don't envision myself just sitting at home looking at the massive friggin' backlog of games I have and be like, eh, I should spin up Turtles for an hour. It's just probably not going to happen. Yeah, I, as much as I enjoy the game, I probably won't play it much either, unless I'm playing with my kids. And, like, I actually probably guarantee right now that my son is playing this game because he's having a sleepover right now, and... Like his friends and them, like that's this is what they go. They come over and they, they play this game because it's it's fun. It's co op. It's they can sit down and they can smash dudes with the Ninja Turtles and, and have a have a blast. So, um, cause I don't know how much I'll play it, but I I know my sons will continue to play it. I've got a sick dig for Casey. Do you want me to go first, or you want to go? You can go first, but I have a question. Do you know who you sound like? <laughs> now who do I sound like, Tom? Marge Simpson's sisters. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. 
I can see that. Wow, homie. <laughs> Get me some cigarettes. Now, now Tom's the one with the bone. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that came through on the mic or not, but I didn't last time, so I'm I feel safe. <laughs> so, where do like do the Ninja Turtles resonate with your kids or their generation at all? Like, did they know about the Ninja Turtles before they had played the game? Like, had they? seen like any of the cartoons or like the more recent movies like they had to have seen the michael bay movies like where do they fall in like their consciousness yeah i mean they like tom said they we've seen the the new movies that have come out the uh, michael bay ones and then there was a um i don't remember how long ago it was but they remade the cartoon so it's more like a kind of anime style Mm-hmm. Um, it was around 2011-ish, give or take like two years. Yeah, and I know like my my boys all watched watched that too, and it's still like I think you can find it um, on whatever it was, was on, like re- reruns or repeat, you know, whatever. I mean, Nickelodeon's um, plastered all over the game, so I'm guessing it's probably <clears throat> on Nickelodeon right yeah, now. Yeah, okay. so it's oh, Nickelodeon actually owns the turtles. They own the oh, turtle well, see, rights. There you go. Yeah. Okay. Well, that makes sense because they have the ride and stuff at Nick Universe too, but. Um, yeah, yeah, they definitely like. I don't know if it's as big as it was when we were kids, but it's definitely yeah. still in in their culture and their in their minds, and um, they they get who they are. So, Got it. Yeah. Got it. I just that, that was the thing I was curious about. Like, was this just a complete like nostalgia play at you know us old ours people, or is it something that actually resonates with like? The, the kids, the, the the popular generation, the fort the Fortnite generation. Yeah, I don't. My, Are they in Fortnite? <clears throat> uh, Next to Huckleberry, you know Finn? what they? I don't think they are, but they might be. Like everything else seems to be yeah. making an appearance in Fortnite lately. Just, you know, nothing like seeing Donatello <clears throat> running around with a friggin' like rocket launcher or a machine <laughs> gun or something. And a like pickaxe. That. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, probably just put it right on the end of the bow staff. Could be. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be fun. I'm definitely coming back to this game. Uh, I thought it was super duper fun. This will be a go-to anytime I play games with like my brothers or if I need something light to jump into, if I like just want to jump into something like after a night of drinking, like this is something that isn't going to take a lot of like mental power. For the longest time, Phoenix and I, my go-to game has been Children of Morta, which is a fun experience, but we've kind of stalled out with the progression in that. This is something easier that we can just jump into. We can thrash some foot. We can have some good time and uh, then things can happen after that. <laughs> Final thoughts and takeaways on Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge. Casey. Yeah, that was a super fun game. I really liked my time with it, especially the co-op aspects. And uh, if you love arcade-style beat-em-up games, you really can't go wrong with this one, I don't think. Yeah, if you ever played the original Turtles games, or the arcade games specifically, uh, or have any sort of nostalgia for the, the IP, I mean, I definitely recommend taking... A couple of hours to play through it, especially if you're going to play through it with at least one other person, because I think that's where the game really shines and is a lot of fun. Yeah, I think the more players, the more fun. This game, as Burns pointed out earlier, doesn't break any new ground, but it's an amazing homage to the games that I grew up with. It is a must play for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles fans and beat them up aficionados. Now we're going to do something for the first time in the show, guys. I am so like filled with anticipation and dread. Uh-oh. Every month we do a poll on uh, Patreon to see what we are going to play next on Game Pass Forever. And every usually the way the month works is that I hit the randomizer and we know the title when we put it up for the poll so people know what they're voting for. This time, uh, when 
the deadline was coming for recording and I hadn't put the poll up. I was away from a computer and I didn't have the randomizer. So I'm just like, randomizer. And, uh, and we the are, randomizer won? As of when we originally <laughs> scheduled to record, yes, the randomizer won. As of this second, there is a four-way tie across oh, all wow. the titles. Now, I think part of that is because this is the first time, at least in a long time, that the poll was only mm-hmm. one vote. So, like, each patron could only put in one vote for something. So I think that might have been why it Interesting. kind of I evened didn't... out at two apiece. Well, I didn't mean to change any boxes, but I did put the poll up on my phone as opposed to usually doing it on the PC. And it might just be that it had a different different default on there. Oh, that's interesting. Well, <laughs> you guys ready to uh, grip it and rip it and see what we're going to play next? Yeah, and I'm watching this happen. So I, because my thought about this with you saying this is going to be the randomizer and this was just some cunning ploy to get Destiny 2 to be the game. <laughs> and so I can see it happen here unless Tom really created like a separate version to mimic the Xbox Game Pass randomizer. There's no way that it's going to be that. I can't tell you how happy it would make me if this was D2. Uh, <laughs> but it's going to be something that. terrible. It's going to be like My Little Pony Tactics. <laughs> That, that actually sounds like that would be fun. You love tactics games, Tom. You'd probably enjoy that. I click the button. Oh, we got it. See? So we got to redo it. Yeah, because I like a dragon. We we could redo it. Yes, that is an option. Or we could put another month into like a dragon. What do you guys think? Redo it. I was going to say, I think from... Like, cause since it was so recent, if that was something that was we played like a year ago... And not last month. And not last month, I think it would maybe be a good idea. But I think we have to redo it. Sure. Okay. Um, I don't know how to reset this the randomizer. This hit surprise me again, I think. Oh, yeah. They surprised me. All right. You guys ready for the second draw here? Let's go. That was horrible. Ooh. Wolfenstein 2, the new Colossus. Nice. All right. Well, that'll be interesting. Yeah. Uh, single player experience, right? Yes. Yeah. This will be fascinating to compare to Wolfenstein Youngblood, Young Young yeah. which we played earlier this year which was decently fun uh, except when you play with casey because he has to melee. punch everything in a shooter <laughs> melee for the win <laughs> we are going to play wolfenstein 2 and i'm going to need you guys to fill time for just a moment while i pull up a description i mean <clears throat> you're bj blaskovitz again um you were mostly successful in the first game uh, but now you got to do it again. You got to go back over to Germany. Oh, and, man. And if the start of Youngblood is anything to sort of lean us in this direction, he might get stuck in Germany, question mark. Because they have to go rescue him, but maybe that happens after the second game, too. It's hard to tell. So is it Wolfenstein Wolfenstein 2 and then Youngblood? Is that the those three, or is there a Wolfenstein 3? There, so... There is no Wolfenstein 3 yet, but they've said that it was always meant to be a trilogy, similar to how the original game, or the original first-person shooter, Wolfenstein 3D, was a trilogy. Because the third game was when you actually took on Hitler in the original. Yeah. Here's the description. America, 1961. The assassination of Nazi General Death's, Death's Head was a short-lived victory. I can read words that's just really small. The Nazis maintain their stranglehold on the world. You are BJ Blaskowitz, a.k.a. Terror Billy, member of the Resistance, scourge of the Nazi Empire, and humanity's last hope for liberty. One thing that gives me a slight tingle of dread is I hate playing things out of order. Like Especially yeah. with video games, it is very 
very difficult for me to jump beyond number one in a series. That's why I haven't played Resident Evil 2 through whatever the number is now. So this is this is going to be a big break from tradition for well, me. Well, do we want to pivot and play the original Wolfenstein then? Or Wolfenstein 1? I would definitely prefer that, but I don't want to betray the randomizer powers that be. So what do you guys think? <laughs> you both pay money for this, so technically you get a vote and I don't. I'm kind of with you. It seems stupid to play it like... We played Young Bloods, and now we're playing two, and then potentially going to play one. So going. Well, Young Blood takes place reverse... between two and three. Yeah, so Young Blood takes right, place after this game, yet, and there isn't a three. That's yet. what I mean. So, so we could just play like them completely complete, backwards. Complete That's true. Reverse order. That is true. <laughs> My preference would be to start with one, but I will leave it up to you guys as the paying members of the Patreon community. About, You're supporting the entire community on your back right now. How about this? We put up another poll on Patreon and let the patrons decide. Oh, you and your democracy. You're going to ruin this and fantasy football for me. I was just, it's taking the decision off of our hands and putting it onto, well, my hand and Casey's hand, but like other people's hands too. Yeah, so Burns is afraid to take a stand. What do you think, Casey? If I had gun to my head, I'd rather play one, but. Well, thank God that's not the case because that would be a very, uh, like, haunting situation for me in my basement. (laughs) Like, I work here right here, dude. All right, we'll put up a poll. Uh, It'll be live by the time you hear this episode. Thank you so much for listening to this episode, this segment of Game Pass Forever. If you enjoy this content, please back our show on Patreon. This standalone segment is tied to a specific tier of support. You can back us for as little as $2 a month, but at $10, you get an extra podcast from Tom and Joey each and every single month. Rain, shine, feast, famine, COVID, health, whatever. Check it out at patreon.com slash OIO. Thank you for listening. Stay inside, kids.